All right, back here on the Sports Grind. 877-37-GRIND is your number. Broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studio. Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. Get a dose. We'll get into the second hour of the show. Um, all right, so keeping it moving. Sticking a little bit and staying with the uh, NBA um, theme here before we move on. So you have the last couple regular season games and during the break Jonas and I was just talking about you know ones tonight that are of some importance um but before we um get to that as I said you know the heat as you let me know they're trying to get stay out of that play play in game right and they've got the wizards tonight um let me go back to the heat real quick so yeah, yeah so if they can win um potentially out uh they can work their way to the sixth seed which would take them out of the play-in situation they gotta finish uh finish the season against washington and orlando hmm okay well um again like i said going to the break i i don't feel either way with the heat i mean i don't think they're gonna really be able to make a deep run in the east i mean they definitely will be a tough out because coach Boster's team's always going to play hard on defense especially in the playoffs but i just think offensively there's just not enough for them but we'll see uh, if they're able to make it out of the play-in game um also speaking of play-in game uh zion williams is um going to be ruled out and not available for the pelicans in their play-in game or, or um, games, plural. Or games. So, are they yeah. ruling him out for the playoffs in general? They're ruling. They're ruling him out for the play-in series because it could potentially go to a series. Um, it's it's anywhere from a one to three game. Okay, so that's and and you know the play-in. Look, me personally, I don't one to two games. Me me personally, I don't really account the play-in as part of the playoffs. I don't. I know the NBA acknowledges, and I know it is. You know, this is something that was supposed to go away after the 2020 season. And then they just let it stick around, stick around, stick around. Uh, But, however, let me stick to the topic that I want to talk about with Zion. And I've mentioned this before. Um, You know, I'm not – and I'm going to stick to what I said. I mean, I think it's, you know, too early to really uh, call this young man a bust. Um, he hasn't been available. Now, Zion is another. I mean, he didn't have Wimby hype. I mean, but he's been on the YouTube going viral since middle school with his dunks and everything. Played at the University of Duke. Had his Nike blowout on the court. But I think that it's not quite yet for me to sit there and say, this is Sam Bowie 2.0 as a, as a bust. Or this is Greg Oden 2.5. Okay, Zion's a better-looking brother, too, than uh, Greg Oden. But anyway, pause. But, look, the Pelicans, keep in mind, the Pelicans' front office is being run also by football guys, too. I just want to put that disclaimer. You know, Mickey Loomis is, like, involved in the Pelicans' decisions as well also. Now, they, uh, my man that came over from Cleveland, the general manager. Uh, David Griffin? David Griffin. I think he's done a great job with New Orleans. I really think he has uh, quickly, too. Uh, you know, he didn't really get the credit he probably deserved in Cleveland for the championship because that was like, that's LeBron. LeBron wanted to play with these guys. LeBron put this together. But it was really him. So I think he's done a great job in New Orleans. But I will tell you, 
they are at, just like I feel like Dallas is at a crossroads in leadership with Luka, I think the Pelicans are at a crossroads with Zion of what they want to do. Okay, and the, re- and the reason why it makes it tough, because think about it, this is two years in a row now, in a play-in game or in a small series, playoff series, Zion hasn't been there for his guys. Okay, he pretty much missed all last year, and it feels like he pretty much missed all this year as well too. But now when you saw Zion healthy when he was playing with Brandon Ingram, it was a problem. But the pickle that the Pelicans are in and David's in and the ownership and Mickey Loomis and these guys, the Benson family, is the fact that, you know, New Orleans, they've lost one number one overall pick already in Anthony Davis. Okay? And he wanted out. All right? He wanted to go. And New Orleans is a similar situation, maybe not as tough as San Antonio, but New Orleans is a similar situation that Utah's in, San Antonio's in, the Indiana Pacers are in. You're just not going to be an attractive destination for free agents. That's just the reality. So, you know, Zion, when healthy, is box office. So you just have to ask yourself, do we pull the plug this, you know, and I don't know about quickly because, I mean, this has been going on pretty much since he's been drafted. But do we pull, I will say early instead of quickly, do we pull the plug this early on our former number one overall pick knowing where we reside at? I mean, the Pelicans are good, pretty basketball. They got some good mix of young talent, a little veteran talent there. And Brandon Ingram has really, really exploded, especially after this all-star break. I think I heard he was saying, hey, he wants to become one of these top players. You know, when you get a when you get to the NBA and after you've been in the NBA, you've lived the limelight, you this and that, you got like what it is is Brandon Ingram is basically maturing finally. It's just late. But he's always been a talent. Remember, he's the one piece that the Lakers did not say, nope, he's untouchable. Nope, he's not. They finally moved him for Anthony Davis because that's what LeBron and Maverick Carter and all them orchestrated. But forever, Brandon Ingram was the piece that was not touchable. Okay? Think about it. He could have been in silver and black, part of that quadrate. But I still, that's the one decision in probably in the last three years, or I would say in the last five years, six years, that I've stood by Pop on, that I backed him on. But that would have been a nice haul back. I guarantee you it would have been a lottery team this year. But, however, Brandon Ingram has finally said, you know what, I want to become a all like a top player in this league. And he's played like it since the All-Star break. But the Zion situation, because the reason why they're in pickle, because for one, you're not going to replace that type of talent in box office in New Orleans through free agency. You're not. That would be two number ones that you replace that that you left. But the other flip side of this is, is I'm telling you, there will be an organizations and organizations out there is like, let them get with our training staff. Let him let him get in the building. That's just down there in New Orleans. Get him away from that training staff. We have a better training staff. Get him away from all that gumbo, Creole food, all that kind of stuff, and get him over here. You could get a haul for Zion Williams. That's the tough spot that I believe that the Pelicans are in. Because at the end of the day, this is bad and sad news for Pelican fans when you have when they have to already say, "Hey, he's ruled out pretty much of the first round of the playoffs." What do you got? 
The question is, Cal, is how many times do you keep uh, swapping out these top overall picks for a haul? Because you still can benefit or are still benefiting over the next two years off that haul from the Lakers. Okay. Yeah. Um, they have their, they have the opportunity to swap with the Lakers' first round pick this year. Um, they have the Lakers' first round pick next year in addition to their own. Um, they have a 2024 first round pick swap option with Milwaukee. They have 20 uh, Milwaukee's 2025 first round pick. They have Milwaukee's 2027 first round pick and another pick swap option in 2026 for Milwaukee. No, he's so, done. That's what I say. He's done a hell of a job. So, at what point do you keep drafting these guys only to send them elsewhere? Uh, because by having the Lakers and Milwaukee and the Bucks picks moving forward, in a sense, in these over the next you know five years, four years, um, it gives you a little bit more time. Because this is a kind of similar situation where I was feeling with Saquon Barkley. All right, and at what, if you're ready to label him a bust now. What if next year is his breakout year, like Saquon? And you say, "Hey, did, did he? Did he? Is he not a bust yet, Jonas?" And no, I, I, he's got to do it twice. But if you can go ahead and, and Zion can finally get right, is he worth holding on to a little bit longer, knowing that you have extra first round picks coming down in the future? I just feel that. I mean, part of my whole thing about them being a crossroad is look hell yeah he's a hell of a talent i mean could i see why they would want to hold on i mean regardless of how many picks they've got from the lakers bucks whoever i'm just telling you it comes to a point where it weighs on the locker room and it weighs on the teammates they won't say anything about it because they got respect for zion and they are he's the franchise so if you say something you might your ass might be out of the 504 but reality of it is it weighs on the team when they know if they can't count on him you know it's one thing being you know you know having to miss half a season 40 games 30 games or whatever it might be 20 games in the regular season and not be there. There's lineups that get changed all night. It happens. People go. It, that's one thing. It's one thing not being young and not being there for a young team in the playoffs when the playoffs count. And you are the face of the franchise. You're the franchise. It can t- it can weigh on a locker room. So it, it's it, and, and also if you're New Orleans, sometimes and I can't get in David's head, but you know some discussions. I'm telling you, they're probably going like. Okay, how much longer? When it when is when do we have to just say, hey man, for whatever reason it didn't work down here? Because eventually his value will depreciate. The older I mean, he gets, r- right. the more the, he gets like, cut on. You yeah. got you got to get him. Like if you're gonna make this move, it would have to be sometime between. I believe this. If you're gonna get the maximum what you could get, it's gonna have to be sometime between this offseason and the trade deadline next season. Because if not, then after this point, if you go through this in 2024 season then you're pretty much then you're just gonna ride it out and you're just gonna stick with them but if you're talking about cashing in where you will be able to get i would say what there's 30 teams in the nba you will get maybe about half 10 to 15 teams i would say 12 to 15 10 minimum that will sit there and have the mentality like look he needs to get get our training staff is better we'll get we'll keep him in shape and we've got better doctors. We'll get him right. His upside is out the roof, and that's why there would be value for him. His upside could be there, but is is does that value exist anymore? After we saw, uh, just going back to this last uh, trade deadline, by the end of it, teams were moving five and six second round picks moving forward. 
They're mortgaging second-round picks because there's a bunch of teams in the NBA, especially contenders, that no longer have the assets in first-round picks to move because you've seen deals like KD to Brooklyn, KD to Phoenix, uh, you know, um, James Harden getting moved to Brooklyn. We've seen these moves, and they're, they just, they're just not an option anymore. So are you going to really get the assets back? You'd have to get it back almost in, play, in player assets because this team, the Pelicans, as it sits without Zion, can still get as high as a six. So the play in, right. whether they're even in the play-in tournament or not, is still up in the air because this might be a non-factor because they'll get the sixth seed and therefore be out out of uh, or the fifth seed and be out of the play-in situation. That's still possible. I, I, but now you have Zion who's ready for the playoffs. He's not ready for the play-in, but so far the playoffs is still on the table, and he just becomes a piece that you plug in. You got hyper athleticism, decent out shooter. You got defense, and he just goes in there with the core. That's become Ingram and McCollum. He only, but but Jonas, I mean, that only scenario plays out if they get past the play in and the play in. That's the if thing. If they have to be and, the play and, in. And, right. Or, or, or let's say just the first round. I mean, I'm assuming he's going to be out at least the first round of the playoffs. And then the question is, even if they can activate him, how, what, at this point, if you're really talking about riding with this kid and sticking it out and talking about the investment, you, in my opinion, I mean, I know they're not going to put him out there until he's cleared by doctors, but you're almost running the risk to even put him out there in the playoffs where you can't really have a ramp up period. Like the playoff games, the, the pace is fast, faster than the regular season. They say it slows down in regards to the tactical stuff. Yes, but the pace and the anxiety like so my thing is you're almost risking him to put him back in the middle of a playoff action with just really just basically chalking up as another lost season and going what you got. If you're in it for the long haul with them. Again, it's amazing that they, like you said, they have an opportunity to even move out of the play-in game and be, what, as high as like a six seed, you said? As high as the five. That, and that has a lot to do with Brandon Ingram, man. And i got to tip my hat, too. I gave him a lot of criticism in Portland just because it didn't work out. But I've got to tip my hat to C.J. McCullough, too, because he's been a veteran leader over there. But Brandon Ingram has a lot to do with that. I mean, even I mean, he's not going to get any. A guy like Brandon, you're not going to talk about most improved votes. And player, but hell, I, I definitely think he could get because Brandon's always been a talent. But I think the 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 killer instinct in him, and I've seen New Orleans on some nights, man, during this stretch, especially after the All Star break, Brandon Ingram to put him on his back, and I and I'm talking about against a favorable opponents that's fighting the Lakers with LeBron. I'm talking about get some guys, not not just against some chopped liver dudes, not the Charlotte Hornets and stuff like that. He's brought it against some top leagues, so that's just by that. Even with them being probably maybe a six seed without. Zion brings it into question like yo man is it time just to go ahead and cut the losses you know because eventually because I guarantee you if they don't get past the first round and he doesn't play whether it's the play-in game of the first round it there's certain guys in there that's gonna feel a certain way they won't maybe say it publicly because what it comes down to what people got to realize with professional athletes especially in the NFL but it kind of goes with the NBA too uh the best ability is availability and that's just the reality of it is. And these guys, yes, it's their job. They make a king ransom of money. But believe it or not, these guys, a majority of these guys at this league, they still want to win. They want to win. So is it going to work against David Griffin again? Because they they just signed him again last year to that extent, last summer to that extension. And we had this con we were having this conversation around that time. Yeah. Was it a good move? Because him healthy is awesome. 
of course, there's weight kickers in there um, that that help him, you know, to help him manage and, and, and keep a lighter frame. But does it does this put David Griffin's job on the line? And any player who's stuck around since then, are <sighs> and when they gave him that extension, you already knew at that point. Okay, well here we go. He's going to be here for five more years. So you already kind of knew this was an option. Well, that's a that's a, that's a very good question, Jones. I mean, that's a good assessment to uh, look at it from that angle. But I would sit there and say, I don't think it should. I mean, because I think giving him that extension, and I totally forgot about that, you know, talking this whole segment that the guy did just get another extension. But the whole reason for that extension was really more about what I said in this take. That extension was just about, hey, this is our former number one overall pick, and we already lost one of them to the Lakers, Anthony Davis. And number two, we're not a big, t- we're not a team that's a big player in free agency. We're never going to be. Right. So, so that extension they gave him and that money three years, that was a good deal based off of that. It bought you some more time. It bought you some more time to see this out. But we're coming. This will be two years in a row. Now, if they make a run and he's able to come back, whatever, maybe you say, okay. But if he if they get bounced and he doesn't play, that is time. You have to really, and I'm not saying you have to do it, but you really got to have those discussions for sure. Just a year after the deal. Right. Hey, it happens. I've seen it worse. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning one on twos on this R&B Friday. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pendleton Whiskey. Pendleton Whiskey is oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glaciers fed spring water. It's added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. 
All right, Pillin Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and a rich, complex flavor. And keep in mind, Pillin Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and the official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour. And it's an official whiskey of the Sports Grind and an official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Pillin Whiskey, 877-37-GRIND. All right, so I think we've got another weather delay at the Masters. Is that correct? Yeah, they resumed play, and then they're back under weather delay. Okay, so Tiger Woods have just, uh, I think he saved par out of a bunker. Uh, we've got it on here up in the studio on the the screen, on the flat screen up here. But um, we'll see how it plays out. This is not good for him, though, because like we talked about in the last hour, it's just the restarting, stopping, restarting. But, hey, if he can hang on, I mean, he's through 12. Um, so he's so, got seven holes to play, and he's just made, making the cut right he's now. Key, he's keeping it together. If he can steal one of these, if he can steal a birdie, um, I don't know how many how many par fives left on the on the back. How many par fives he's got left? Uh, he's got two par fives left, uh, 13th hole and the 15th hole, and of course okay. you end with a pair of par fours. Yeah, I think he's got them. If he can make hay and play those two holes right there at at least one under – um, I think he'll be okay if he just doesn't, you know, fumble coming in. But I think if he get if he can get down to somehow go into this weekend not knowing how this weather's gonna play out, but if he can get it to even par, um, that would be great. Uh but we'll see how and I think that honestly if he would be able to make the weekend and finish and get like maybe if his body allows him to, because there's one thing making the cut. Then for all the time, go wake your ass up tomorrow morning and say, did you make this cut? All right, brother, you're going you to make this cut. And if he can do that and survive walking around another 36 holes, if he would manage a top 15 finish, that would be impressive, considering this is only a second tournament. But a long way to go. All right, one couple things that I want to make note before we leave the whole NBA uh, scene here real quick, because we know we've got a couple games tonight. Uh, that are going to be of importance still trying to scrap with the last couple games of the regular season into, um, you know, the playoff start. Uh, a couple things. One, um, first of all, former NBA six-man player of the year, former UConn too, Ben Gordon, got arrested yesterday at a Connecticut juice bar. And the reason why I bring up this story, I mean, first of all, Ben Gordon, if you remember, we didn't talk about it. Too, we didn't really touch it on this show. But I know just a month ago in the news, remember, about a month or two ago, he was accused of brandishing a gun in front of his son's face or threatening his son. OK, so that was that was a story at that time. Then at this arrest last night, at this juice bar, I guess he was becoming belligerent and. I don't know what the dispute was, but the cops were called and then it sounded like he was going to go ahead and, you know, leave the scene. But then I guess something triggered him and then he kept going and then they had to bring him to the ground and then they searched him. And the stuff that they found on him, I thought was crazy. I mean, of course, there was the concealed weapon. Then they found brass knuckles. And what else did I miss? Uh, so they found a folding knife clipped to his pocket, a stun gun and brass knuckles in his backpack. I mean, well, what I mean, what did he what's the deal? I mean, what's going on with this brother? I mean, what is he scared? Like you rolling around with that? Like stun gun, brass knuckles, and a concealer and a knife tape or hip to your side. He just finished watching Rambo or something, a commando. I mean, what the hell? Now, now all seriousness, 
I mean, the guy could, and, and this is this is where, like, I will, and this is why I'm even bringing up this story. If this was an NFL player, a former NFL player, that would have got arrested in this form or fashion, and they would have found these materials on them, you know the first thing the media and everybody's going to basically say? CTE. Exactly. Now, due to the fact that Ben Gordon is a former NBA player, and we understand that NBA is not really a contact sport, which we'll get to that here in a minute, too, before we leave the NBA. Um, that's the narrative. That, that, that's the reason why I'm bringing up the narrative. Because when I saw this, I'm like, all right, Ben Gordon, I mean, you're just in the news. Now what? Um, and then when I heard that what he the way they had to arrest him and what was found on him, I'm thinking like, wow, like what is going on with this guy? Like, is he paranoid? Is somebody threatening his life? I mean, is is he on the run from something? Or is this guy dealing with possibly with some mental health issues, which is a serious problem in this country regardless? But I just feel that it sometimes get a pass when it comes to non-NFL athletes. When you look at an athlete that out that is acting out of character like this, I don't know what the details of the situation with his son and and the, that took place a couple of months ago, why he brandished a gun in his son's face. But there's definitely some issues going on with Mr. Gordon. Also, Kevin Durant, uh, KD, um, says that, you know, he's figured out why people think the 80s and the 90s, the NBA was harder and more physical. KD said that he looked, he's been looking at some old film, and he said he's looked at it and he said, yeah, the reason why people think it was tougher or harder, the only reason why is because these guys were getting away with flagrant fouls that would be flagrant in today's game and you would get ejected. That's why people think it's tough or it's harder. And I'm like, KD, yeah. Thank you for letting us know this, Captain Obvious. Then why the hell don't you still say the old cats tell you it's still harder? Regardless whether, oh, you can't do that anymore. It'll be thrown out if you get ejected with that foul. If Bill Lambert does that today, that's an ejection. No, really? That's still the reason why you said, why we say the old cats say that even played the game or people that's witnessed the game or fans will sit there and say, yeah, look at those rules. Look at basically how they were able to close line. Look at Kurt Rambis on like if Kurt Rambis did that to Larry Bird today, he would have been he would have probably that would have been probably like a twenty game suspension. Okay, he was back after TV timeout. So yeah, Kevin, look, Katie, all you and I like Kevin, but man, Katie, you what you need to worry about is that that four five show up. Make sure your ass gets past the Golden State Warrior, especially this Golden State Warrior team. Can you imagine? That has to be his worst nightmare. Can you imagine the pressure is going to be, whether it's the first round, whether they meet in the second round, but especially if it's the first round, can you imagine the pressure on Kevin Durant to win that series? It doesn't matter he just showed up after trade de before trade deadline. It doesn't matter that he's only played maybe 10 games with the Suns. No, I don't care. You have to win that series. You left to go win a ring. So instead of worrying about old footage, about, wow, this is why Chuck's up there talking about my day and this is Shaq. But, man, no, what you need to be worried about is getting past this Golden State team because you left because you wanted to go win a championship on your own. You thought the light-skinned brothers was getting too, too much credit. It's always been a thing in our community. 
even back into the Bars Jays, you know, Shalomar, all those light-skinned brothers as well, too. And now he's playing with Devin Booker. Exactly. Another light-skinned brother. But he, Kevin, stop it. All the claps. And I understand this is like on his podcast or whatever. There's too many podcasts. These athletes, like, I get it. Like, I, you know, Derek Jeter gave you the blueprint. And I think what he did is, like, when he came up with that website that allowed athletes to go, didn't have to go to your local media guy, didn't have to go to the local news guy. You had, If anything was put out about you or you want to set the record straight, he gave you a platform to do that. I thought it was genius. Okay, and and I am a fan of guys being able to have their Twitter, their fate to react in real time on Lamar Jackson. But it's like the podcast scene and to sit down and to give your take on stuff is getting watered down because it's funny. Kevin Kevin Durant fights the media constantly. Things that are said about him. Oh, you meet your stupid Skip Bayless. And it's crazy. But all of them want to run to this industry and do it simultaneously while they're still in their career or everything's flooded. Because they see dollar signs of money. The same thing that they criticize the media on, they put themselves in. What is the point of having a podcast at your point of your career, what you're trying to do? That's just my thoughts. Okay? The only reason why this show even has a podcast, the only reason why it has a podcast, because it's just the way the times is. And that's the reason why it's like Jonas finally said, hey, man, you need to do, we need to stay. Okay. I feel like I'm old school, man. Anybody by the radio? Check it the next day. Okay? If I miss good times, I had to wait. I was just screwed back then. You had to wait till a whole new episode to wait. Okay. But I get it. So no crap, Kevin. That Yes, that's still, you, you prove everybody's point. Yeah, the rules were different. So yeah, it was harder. Them fouls. Speaking of uh, the NBA in that time in Jordan, I'm, I'm going to go take, I'm going to go check out air tonight. And it's been, I saw that trailer a while back. I know Casey Robb sent it to me, but I kind of had seen it before then a while back. I heard the rumblings. Um, you know, Salami texted me the other day, and, like, Salami never, like, I mean, we don't talk really hardly that much anymore. We communicate, of course. But, uh, you know, I was I fortunate to watch the World Series with them last year. But, he, I mean, he te- he never talks hyped up about movies, which I was going to see it anyway. But he and he's a he's a movie buff. But he just said the performance with Matt Damon is just is is tremendous, along with Viola Davis, who plays Jordan's mom. But I, the reason why I'm bringing this up and I'm going to see because I think this is very important for the youth to see this and and to see the story. Now I'm I know the story already because I'm just a history guy and plus me and my business minded I love seeing how things got started and, and the grind and how you did this and this. That's just who I am. That's the cloth, the cloth that I'm cut from and I enjoy looking at other people's stories like that. I know the story like this. Do I know all the details? No, probably not. That's the reason why I'm interested to do it. But I think this is a very important for Ben Affleck and Matt Damien to put this out. Because you have a generation of kids um, that were not even born in that era. and But they all they know is that, hey, that's Michael Jordan. That's the Jordan brand. And I'm still wearing that shoe. And this shoe's a recycle. And I've got all the collections of the Jordan. I got the Jordan 4, 5, 6, 7. But they have no idea how that even, really what it was pre-Jordan with shoes I mean, because if you want to be technical about it, like, and I don't know if they're going to touch this on this in the movie because I haven't seen it yet, but I will see it tonight. Jordan kind of, Jordan pretty much saved the shoe game. He really did. I mean, at that time, you had Converse, which I'm pretty sure they'll touch on, uh, was the big 
player in, in basketball because you had Larry Bird, you had Magic Johnson. But if you look around Adidas, which I know that was one of the players that was almost close Mike was signing to, can you imagine what would have been for them? But I think things happen for a reason. But really, he saved the shoe game because the marketability of it. And at that time, the shoe, like a shoe with a particular player like that, that was basically going to resonate in the urban communities and, and, and like that, there was nothing going on like that before. And, and Jordan pretty much burped, I think. You know, now like Dr. J Converse, he had, you know, the I remember those old Magic and Blurry Bird commercials coming out the limousine, the yellow and the green Converse. But Jordan and his own signature shoe, it changed the game forever. So I think this is an important movie. Um, I'm not trying to go into this with overly hyper expecting like this is going to be Oscar worthy. I'm just going in because I want to know maybe some of the details that I didn't know. But I, I've I, and I've always had respect for Sonny Vaccaro because he was like a guy that was like on his own. Like he he was a trailblazer guy and he really had a vision and he saw, you know, really what the possibilities could be with these athletes, these basketball players, especially a guy like Jordan and really seeing like, Hey, we, there, there's a market missing for shoe for the, like, let's sell the guy with the shoe. So I think this is very important because you got a lot of bunch of young kids and young adults that are running around buying Jordans and wearing Jordans. And all they know is he's Jordan. He's got six titles, but they have no idea where Nike was at before then at the time and really what it took to even convince him. So I'm excited to see it, but I wanted to put that out there that I think it's important to tell this story in the, in the history and leave it up to Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. I mean, can you imagine growing up like, like friends, like childhood friends? And so, I mean, to me to have two guys that cross each other's paths that have childhood fans, and I'm not even a big fan of either one of them. I mean, I like Ben Affleck's put some movies out that I, that I like, um, he could have better choice in character women, but that's a whole other story. But I, if you look at Ben Affleck and you look at Matt Damien, to have the, the chances of being childhood or friends for that young and coming in the game together and show, doing the success or join the same similar success they've had in Hollywood, that is equivalent to probably like sending three or four kids to the NBA or to the NFL. The chances of that is like you got a better chance maybe even hitting the mega millions. Uh, tonight so uh, it never been a huge fan for either one of them but I've got a lot of respect for both of them um you know so that's the way I mean probably if I look at it a couple of my favorite Ben Affleck movies have to be for one the boiler room I thought he was he was head on in the boiler room I mean that comes around when I was in my telemarketing days I mean I wouldn't work I mean West wasn't no boiler room but I damn sure pushed the envelope a lot you know I don't care if it was called Carly monitoring or not don't push cancel. Cal oh, I got it. So I said, hey, just try it out for 30 days. If not, get the address. Oh, what? Hey, made a killing. But Ben Affleck, Boiler Room, and The Town. AC can't stand that movie. I'm like, what? It's not Italian enough for you? It's not gangster? It's not cartel enough for you? Is that what the problem is, AC? I give her hell all the time. You know, it's not Scarface. I mean, I thought it was well, I thought it was... Well done. But I'm eager to see this this movie tonight. Eight uh three seven seven or eight seven seven, excuse me, three seven grind. Eight seven seven three seven grind. All right, man, let's move on from the basketball scene. Um well kinda. Um, you know, LSU decided to go ahead and accept the invitation to the White House with Jill and Joe Biden. And you know, Reese has been making her rounds 
you know, and the young lady with this whole controversy with her and Clark. But, you know, it's crazy because Reese, when, you know, first when we talked about it and I ripped him for it, when Jill wanted to go ahead and invite both of them, when it got back to Reese, Ms. Reese was like, hey, you know, we'll go to the Obamas. I'm like, wow, this girl here, man. She, <laughs> I was like, she ain't stopping. But they have said and she confirmed she will be there and they will be taking that trip to the uh, to the White House. But the other crazy thing with Reese, she was asked, she said that she's she's not that eager and in no rush to go to the WNBA. And when they asked her why, she said, honestly, she's like, I'm making more money right now with NIL money than some women are making in the WNBA. And I'm like, you know what? Like, you can't really you won't never hear that in men's sports. Like, I don't think that's the case. Like, nobody's going to be like, yes, you got you know, you got uh Dion's son that's probably at the two to well first of all you got LeBron's son that's like at 3.5 or a little bit more than that you got Archie I saw that's a little over three million uh LeBron's son is what like what is he like three is he leading the way who's in the league because I we just saw this about a couple weeks ago on NIL money like in college well, that was football players that was just football players. but I was thinking overall I'll, I'll try to find yeah. you overall this. but anyway yeah. back to Miss Reese um that was astonishing to hear her say that I, and I think you know it just bring and in question it brings back you know WNBA the salary are they paid enough and I always go by and, the, and I think the women's game is really growing I think the the excitement the tennis I mean the numbers just showed it just with the final four in the finals game and I think WNBA numbers are good because I think their market they've taken a page like I said this on Monday or Tuesday they're taking a page from David Stern's let's market the player so much the team and I think now they've done a good job of marketing their individuals especially through some of their network broadcasting deals that they've gotten and the way you know whether it's the four letter network and all that they've done a good job and especially even at the college level and that's why you're seeing the success but that's crazy to hear her say yeah I ain't gonna run I mean if that like you you making money you might stay your whole four years of eligibility three years if you make it seven figures a year why not and you the woman on campus or the man on campus but that'll happen in women's sports you won't hear too many guys saying that NIL and back basketball college or college football you listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by dosecki's get a dose we are broadcasting here from the hazel sky online studios calvin casey jonas clark producing spinning the one and twos we'll be back when life sounds too much like this it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. 
at Specs. The fun starts here. Here's to you. Cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.